Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thank you so much for joining us. We are back live on a brand new set. So great to be with you back live in studio. We've got some great things happening tonight. Coming up here in just a moment, Dr. Scott Jensen is going to join us. He's running for governor for the great state of Minnesota. One of our favorite guests per you and how many times you check out his videos on Facebook. So a lot to discuss with him. One of the things we're going to be talking about is that you may have seen today Dow tumbles more than 700 points on fears of a COVID resurgence. So oil was down as well, obviously impacting the great state of North Dakota. Now, to be fair, there are some investors out there that are saying, you know what? Yes, it was down today. We're seeing the Delta variant make some impact on some things. And yet some people are suggesting, hey, fall is going to be an economic boom in the fourth quarter. So obviously we'll see how this plays out. Now, with all that being said, I think some people are seeing some uptick in COVID cases in the United States and the UK and some other areas. So on Friday, here's what the director of the CDC said uh, back then. There is a clear message that is coming through. This is becoming a pandemic of the unvaccinated. We are seeing outbreaks of cases in parts of the country that have low vaccination coverage because unvaccinated people are at risk and communities that are fully vaccinated are generally faring well. The good news is that if you're fully vaccinated, you are protected against severe COVID hospitalization and death and are even protected against the known variants, including the Delta variant circulating in this country. If you are not vaccinated, you remain at risk. And our biggest concern is that we are going to continue to see preventable cases, hospitalizations, and sadly deaths among the unvaccinated. A pandemic of the unvaccinated. Curious your point of view on that. Do you agree with that point of view or not? Now, I ask that because a reporter that's really been on top of COVID from day one, Alex Berenson, tweeted this out. We can bring this up, please. We talked about what's happening in the UK right now and the fact that look 60% of the people in the UK that have actually taken both jabs are now becoming positive or becoming hospitalized uh, with COVID. So he's saying, wait a second, guys, we need to take an honest approach here to what's happening with these COVID jabs. The other piece of the pie that he mentions in this tweet, and we've talked about it a lot here on Point of View, is he says, hey, what's interesting is you see a lot of people that have taken both jabs still coming down with COVID with these what are called breakthrough cases. He goes, I'm just curious because I'm not, I'm not a stock picker. I'm not giving any stock advice here, but why is Moderna skyrocketing or going up the direction that it is? He suggests because, hey, then we know what's happening here is there's going to be more and more booster shots. You know, I have obviously had that conversation before. Now, with all that being said, I think what's interesting as well is the CDC announced today, hey, please, do not travel to the UK because of the uptick that they've seen with the COVID cases due to the Delta variant. Now, speaking about crossing borders, Canada announced today that if you are fully vaccinated, a US citizen, you can now go to Canada starting August 9th for non-essential business. So we'll keep you abreast on how that transpires and if there's any changes there. I want to touch on one more COVID situation and scenario before we bring in our guest, Dr. Scott Jensen, but that is this. There was a judge, federal judge on Sunday that ruled that Indiana University, so a state run school, government run school um, is okay or it is legal to force vaccinations or COVID jabs before people can actually be on campus this fall. A lot of schools are putting that in place. This person suggesting, hey, um, this is okay due to some prior SCOTUS decisions. I think the thing that I want to talk to Dr. Scott Jensen about, though, is the fact that you, many people seem to forget this. 
The COVID jab, the COVID vaccine is still only authorized under emergency use. So is there a legal precedent with something under emergency use only that you can force people to take that vaccine or that jab? That's the conversation we're going to start with tonight with Dr. Scott Jensen. He's joining us live via Skype. Always enjoy having Dr. Jensen on the show. Dr. Jensen, um, a lot there in that opening statement. So I'm just curious from you, just your assessment. Uh, and I want to know your concerns about this Delta variant. Chris, thanks for having me on. Quite honestly, the American public has got to just be wondering what in the world is going on. We learned from first world countries in Europe, we learned from Israel that 40% of their new cases are indeed in people who are vaccinated. We learned that I think only 1% of their cases are in people who have recovered. We still don't have the CDC seeming to be inclined to include people who've had COVID-19, have recovered and developed antibodies, they're not being included along with the vaccinated in terms of herd immunity. This doesn't bode well for elevating real science. Then we see that we have both vaccines being given, both shots being given, and people are still getting the the COVID-19 occasionally. Then the question is, what is the cycle threshold that we're using to determine whether or not someone's got COVID-19. Good question. And we've been told by the CDC, they've said, well, listen, we don't want you anymore to be doing cycle thresholds of 40 to 45. If you're doing cycle threshold PCR swab testing with vaccinated people, then 28 or less for the cycle threshold. That's interesting. What's that going to do? That's going to drop the numbers dramatically. That's going to make the COVID vaccine look more effective, regardless of whether it is or not. Then let's just take the five Democratic legislators from Texas who skedaddled out of the state because of politics, and they all get to come down with COVID-19 positivity. They've all been vaccinated. I think we have to keep our eyes on the ball because quite honestly, it's hard to trust the CDC and the FDA. I think we have to remember this. Presumably, the vaccine will reduce the amount of hospitalizations and deaths. Way back 15 months ago, we were told that we all wanted to participate in flattening the curve, delaying the surge, making certain that our hospitals were not overwhelmed. They are not. The fact of the matter is, it's a slippery slope when the government decides they are going to tell us what choices we have to make regarding our health. If they're going to tell us we have to do this, then wouldn't they also potentially tell us if we have to take a chemotherapy for our cancer? Wouldn't they also be the ones who determine whether or not we get to have surgery that we think we maybe should have, but someone else thinks maybe we shouldn't? Who exactly is in charge of our health and who's telling the truth? Dr. Jensen, one of the things I think a lot of people appreciate about you is the fact that you seem to be very authentic, very uh, honest. So I guess the question I have for you is this, and I may not have the numbers exact because you said a lot there, but you suggested, hey, Chris, over in Israel, a lot of people that have already taken both jabs are now coming down with COVID. And yet, if you look at people that have got the antibodies, I think you mentioned it's 1%. Why are they not including that in the science, number one? And number two, what's, what's behind that, I guess, what I'm trying to get at? Is this putting profits over people? Because we've seen the nine billionaires created within Pfizer and Moderna. Is that too much of a stretch on my part? 
I don't think it's ever a stretch when in this country you say we have to follow the money. We have to at least ask that question. The fact of the matter is, in this country, we have this unholy, incestuous linkage between this triangle of big government, big pharma, and big tech. And quite honestly, they are telling us what we will get to see in terms of news, what we will do with it. The idea of going door to door with the express intent of violating our HIPAA rights is astonishing. And we know now we're seeing more and more where big pharma and big tech are investing in one another's industries. So no longer is it pharmacy over here and technology over here. They're intersecting and they're using big government to, if you will, grease the pathways. I don't, I think that it comes down to a choice. I've told people, probably 75% of my patients over the age of 70 with multiple underlying conditions have been vaccinated against COVID-19. And in each one of those situations, it was their choice. They would oftentimes come to me, we'd sit down, look at their chart, talk about it, look at how did they do with other live virus vaccines? What other vaccines have they had? Do they traditionally get flu vaccines? How do they typically get over influenza viruses or other respiratory viruses? What are their medications? What happened to other siblings, their parents? All of these things matter. It's a measured decision. It's the same process we go through when we decide whether or not we're gonna do this treatment for congestive heart failure or that treatment for a breast cancer or for a melanoma. These things matter. And when we see this taken out of the hands of the physician and the patient, it's wrong. And then I'd leave you with one other thing, Chris. If they're so concerned about death and hospitalization, why is the CDC and the government, if you will, making it so difficult for patients to treat early, to treat with budesonide? And where, why are they not recommending zinc, vitamin C, vitamin D? Why can't ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine play a role in early treatment? So if you, if you and Doc, just because we've got a limited amount of time, if you were gonna answer your own question right there, what would you say? I would say, get on vitamin C, D, and zinc, talk to your physician about the possibility of using hydroxychloroquine as prophylaxis, be ready if you do get the disease. But remember, there's a good chance that you've already had the disease just because of antibody development, cellular immunity, or some intrinsic resistance. I, I guess what I was getting at, Doc, is you know, zinc, vitamin C, hydroxychloroquine, very inexpensive. Big Pharma doesn't make money off that. That was my point, I didn't, you know, obviously, language the question very well. A couple of things, Doc, because again, limited time. Um, how concerned are you about the Delta variant? Everything I read indicates that the severity of this syndrome is less than the original COVID-19 wild virus. Wow. This is like a cold. This is runny nose, low grade fever, sore throat. We're definitely seeing uh, you know, some increased transmission in cases, but we're not seeing increased hospitalizations. We're not seeing increased deaths. Quite frankly, I think this is going to run its course, and I think we're going to look back and say that wasn't the big scare tactic that needed to be played out like it was. Doc, two minutes left, and I got two questions for you. One is this judge that made the ruling on Indiana University, does he have any leg to stand on based on the fact that, again, this has only been done under emergency youth author authorization? My understanding is it's illegal to force anybody to take something that's only been signed off on from emergency youth author authorization. True or false? I don't think there is a true or false answer. I think we're seeing government expand itself un in an unprecedented fashion. The fact of the matter is 
there should be no mandate. There should be no vaccine passports. Okay. And even with this mandate, they're making it a de facto mandate. They're literally just tightening the screws on American citizens. This is wrong. Doc, last question, kind of two in one. Um, as I'm going around talking to people, everybody that walks up to me says, Chris, I am so concerned for the future of our nation. It, it, it scares me. And then a Sunday, I ran into a, a family from fertile Minnesota. We were talking about Minneapolis. I saw you tweeted out recently, another three-year-old shot in Minneapolis. And they said, Chris, we used to like ship our products down to Minneapolis. Like, I mean, drive them down. We, we just ship them now. We, we don't even want anything to do with that city because it's so dangerous. I guess my question is for you, for, for people that are watching that are concerned about the future of our nation and Minnesota for that matter, many of us feel helpless. Like we're just banging our head against the wall. What, what can we do? I think that we need to be aware of that relationship between big pharma, big government, big tech. I think we've got to call on our politicians to stop thinking about the next election and start making decisions to solve problems. Let's reinvest in in American citizens. This idea of not being able to trust American citizens to do the right thing, I don't know where this came from, but it certainly didn't come from the Constitution. People need to stay engaged in a very intense fashion until the election in November of 22, because the pathway we're on right now is not sustainable. If we continue on this path, our children and our grandchildren will have nowhere near the life of liberty and autonomy and being able to dream and pursue our dreams that we had. And that would be absolutely anti-American. Yeah. Dr. Scott Jensen, again, running for governor in the great state of Minnesota. Quickly, Dr. Jensen, your website, sir. DrScottJensen.com. D-R-S-C-O-T-T-J-E-N-S-E-N.com. Join the fight. We need your help. It has to be a movement. Thank you for your time. We appreciate it. We look forward to having you back, Doc. Thank you.